cool. Guess what? So episode 38 is back with the full song. Chase was able to give me a copy of Fuck that was cleared with samples and it was on his Blue Collar 2 album and uh, so you could check it out there. It's one of the bonus tracks. So on to the show. And he said, actually, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're looking for openers. I think it'd be great. He said, how's $50? And at that point, I was like, I only have to pay you $50 to perform? Cool. He's like, no, I'm going to pay you. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is a member of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Chase Scott, and we're going to be talking about his song, Fuck, off the album for Shits and Gigs. Chase, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're going to be listening to the song, Fuck, and I meant to say that you've been a part of a group called Trouble Chasing, which is uh, you and who used to be Truth, a.k.a. Trouble. Correct, correct. Who, who is yeah, now... Name change. Sandman Slim. Yeah. Is it, is it the Sandman? Or? No, it's just um, Sandman, Sandman Slim. Slim. I think Slim has two M's at the end. I still don't know the reasoning behind, but I think he just wanted a, like like a rebrand, you know, because okay. he's kind of took strides in his life. And I kind of feel the same way, but I didn't want to change my actual like rap name of Chase Baby. But yeah. I had a nickname growing up called uh, Turney Mac. Which was like my name when I was out like partying and it became a thing. But I recently posted on Instagram. I was like, we need to kill that because that's not, that's not what I do anymore. Without further ado, let's listen to the song. Fuck. Uh. Fuck being a songwriter, fuck being human, fuck having sex, I just wanna fuck, it's the devil's doing. Fuck anxiety, fuck dying hell, fuck living, fuck friends. I just said that line just to fuck with them. Fuck corroboration, fuck cooperation, fuck the system, fuck the system that turned to cancer. Made you a fucking victim, fuck a life expectancy. I didn't expect to live my life on a balance beam of being blessed to regret. Fuck a set, throw a peace sign in the air. Fuck respect, fuck the press, we'll never meet unless they cover my death. Fuck the feds, fuck the banks, fuck government. Mental restraint, fuck school, fuck routines, fuck funding foreign complaint. Uh, fuck being scared to live, fuck being bred to die, fuck being quiver lipped, fuck censoring my pride, fuck getting fucked over 30 times in a month, the occasional 31, 28 in the month of love. Fuck my brain for turning me into a slave of my former self. Fuck the fact that I accepted and no one's willing to help. Fuck the backbreaking work that I do just to break even. I don't make music for you, I make music to shake demons. So. Fuck love, fuck hate, they never last, I take it back Love is just something that I never had So fuck the women who ruined me in my troubled past For masking most of my pain with just a subtle laugh <laughs> So fuck my cold heart, and fuck my warm embrace And fuck your short-sighted views, 
and your lungs for grace Fuck the drugs that now surround my spinal That turn my uphill climb into my downward spiral Fuck potential, the song and the theory And fuck death for taking the only doses of hope that I had left I'm okay, I promise Fuck lies and family ties Them shits are better off than swinging vines Fuck eyes, ears, smell, touch, and even taste For reminding us that everything that dies that was once great Fuck you for hoping this song makes a turn for the better Because it won't, it may just turn into my suicide letter Some days you need to sit and just be pissed off at the world Punch walls and take rocks from the moon just to hurt Take rays from the sun and use them shits just to sting Take blades from the razor and turn my blood to a sea Take the waves from the ocean that now drips at my feet Surf away into the waters that are still and run deep And I... And I love you, I hate you, I wanna kill you, but I can't replace you, uh, so I, so I, I really love you, I really hate you, I really fucking hate you. Don't take this literal, I'm in control, I'm fucking strong I've just been doing this on my own for way too fucking long Taught myself not to cry, so I write my tears in these songs They evaporate in your soul, and I hope you all sing along When you're sad and close to the edge, know it's another being Pick up where you left off, you've been gone for a couple evenings You say you're chasing the dream, I think you're chasing yourself Trying to find whatever you lost, too much Friday asking for help In the process, you gain a purpose, impoverished, but it's working Incompetence kept you nervous, a novice blessed with perturbance The gossip you topsy-turvy, you're drunken the conversation, I love it when you say my name It reminds me I'm still okay since I'm young and not old and gray Maybe I'll crack a smile and crack a beer Take a seat, fuck it, I'll stay a while You see my name is Chase Scott, 23 with hella issues Bunch of friends who do not truly know me Mason Creek, I miss you I don't think I truly know myself In retrospect, I can't blame them I wish they knew that I was hurt Maybe they would help with this changing I put on a good act, don't I? Fucking Oscar winner you never know that I just ate some fucking haagen for dinner Coulda, shoulda, woulda, I rub up against it too often Probably got splitters instead of feelings For the remorse, we'll enter the building Think of Sicilians, a bunch of concealing The coast is the clearest, so I'm screaming Knowing that no one can hear it Fuck it, I'm being recorded I'm just way too exposed No longer a teenager, chicken soup for the human soul And when I'm home alone I ain't Macaulay pranking It's just some thorny racing I'm still convinced that I'ma hardly make it I know it's hard, but face it Cause when you turn around and fold your deck Cross your hands on the table fold your neck eyelids are grown wet from feeling like it's no respect when you need everyone the most they always seem to show neglect just look up in the sky show your teeth from ear to ear put on this beat and feel inspired as your demons disappear in the thin air just know it gets better baby i've been there no such thing as fear shed love instead of tears one love Welcome back. And so, Chase, my first question for everyone that I always ask is, what came first, the music or the words? The words. Yeah? 100% of the words, especially in this current piece, I guess. So, if the words were what started it, was there something in particular that was going on in your life that kind of brought this out? A severe panic attack. I was at home alone. Uh, I was in a pretty bad space already in my life. Just like beating the shit out of myself with alcohol and drugs here and there. Yeah, I'd had anxiety since about 20, 21. And then one day I just had a terrible panic attack. And 
usually I try to find something to like occupy my mind and then it had been on my mind that I want to kind of write one out and see how it goes and that's what happened it was more so a poem than it was a, a song and then the next day I read it and I wanted to make it into a song so I just put on an instrumental which was a Kendrick Lamar instrumental I didn't have any plans on like officially releasing it for like monetization so I threw on that beat for I think it was Sing About Me by Kendrick and uh I just wrapped it I didn't have like a just, like flow in mind it wasn't prepared it just happened and then it happened to be one of my more popular songs it's interesting that you talk about that you can i say developed anxiety at the age of 20 is that a fair okay yeah yeah um from from your personal writing you specifically mentioned that you're 23 in the song so it's to me i'm thinking you've been dealing with this for like the last three years and then it kind of has come to a head in a way absolutely yeah and uh it's funny because i did actually highlight this part because it is Maybe it's too early to be pointing out some favorites, but I do love the line of, I don't make music for you, music for you, I make to shake demons. Yes. Yeah. And I just, that kind of, is kind of a a pivotal kind of point in this. I don't know. I I feel like if you want to break this into, before, before you say that line of, I don't make music for you, I make it to shake demons feels like that section is all about like throwing shit out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, I don't, I don't need this anymore and i'm tired of dealing with it It, was this was this a point at which you're also like starting to look for help from other people and and reaching out because i feel like that gets yeah into the second second section i don't know if i want to like divide these up into sections because it feels like such a stream yeah i mean it was it was really unorganized um which is a testament to how kind of those attacks are. There's really no like rhyme or reason to it. But the beginning of the song is more like a purge. And then mm. there's kind of like a refrain um, where the beat just kind of kicks into like a vocal sample. And then I come back in and then it's kind of like coming to terms with, you know, it's less explicit than, than the first half. It's a lot more optimistic than the first half so i'd say the first half was more so me going through the anxiety attack and then the second half was more me coming out of it and trying to find you like the silver lining in it all just before we jump to that part where it was the fuck being scared to live that part i feel like all of like that first part is all about like fuck all the things that are around me and the things that are coming at me and then I'm I'm going back to that part again and again where it says I don't make music for you I make it to shake demons yeah. but like right after that your section it's like you've turned that back into yourself like you're it's that self reflection I do have a question so you you did mention in that section that fuck the drugs that now surround my spinal that turned my uphill climb into my downward spiral yeah is that is that something that's specific to you yeah I um so there's a flower called the morning glory seed well the seed that turns into the flower and there is lsa in that seed which is a more visual um trip it's like lsd it's in the same family so we boiled it into a tea one day and drank it and i tripped my fucking face off and then it was pretty bad um for a 
nice hour of it. And um, I think that had a lot to do with my anxiety just because it like, opened up a lot of like doors in my mind. But also, anxiety runs heavy in my family on my mom's side. So it's something that I was already like like predetermined to. Um, I think it's just like that's what kind of helped trigger it in my case. But it's something that was I, I was bound to, you know, come across anyway so yeah that's what that was about because they say like spinal fluid has a lot to do with like like flashbacks for acid trips and you like crack your back or something like that and then you can get like a flashback i've never had a flashback in my life but i did not know that but this was after you had already uh like the anxiety had already released. no no this was oh. pre-anxiety this was like 19 this was pretty close to when it was about to kick in do you actually you might attribute part of that to your i think so but i think it's kind of unfair to try to like place a like a certain event on it because it's something that i feel is like culminated throughout your lifetime and there's a lot of things that can like trigger an attack that was one of my first like helpless traumatic experiences and Uh. i think i just associate with how i felt at that point as to how i feel when i'm in a panic attack because you feel very helpless and completely out of control of your head and your body and you know things like that you said that anxiety runs in your family so i feel like that uh that i'm okay i promise fuck lies and family ties like is that is that kind of referring to that or or was there else something else Um, going with that yeah just um in a sense it was more so just about like how people expect since someone's in your family that you have to be on their side you know even if they're like wrong or if there's a family member that's really like toxic to you in your life that you have to like keep like giving them a chance that was more so what that was about but also it could very well have to do with you know with that uh layer of that did this help kind of purge your demons to to, in a Um, a way or yeah what it really helped with and is, is what i i didn't see as I was making it or even as I released it. A lot of people didn't know that I was like going through this, even though I kind of like hinted towards it in some of my songs. It was never like, hey, like fucking help me. But this song, people were like, whoa. So I got a lot of friends or even like fans that um, reached out um, and even fans that hit me and said that this song helps them. I've had people tell me that it's like saved their life on numerous occasions. People tell me that it's the song they go to when they're in an attack and it helps them like comfort themselves and like ground themselves so that alone is like if i don't ever get like famous off of music that alone is i'm okay with that it's amazing how music is something that you know sometimes our words are pretty or words or normal interactions are a little bit insufficient to like connect with people but when you put it into music and you put it into rhymes and lyrics it somehow just transcends that that wall that everybody seems to have and somehow there's that universal and there, there is something about this to me that is really universal i wanted to ask about one line when you said fuck that cyst that turned to cancer that made you a fucking victim was there something specific with that or no was um that- just i'm kind of like a hypochondriac i could have like a fever of like 99 and i'd be like dude i'm about to fucking die so it was more so just about like cancer is a very rampant sickness so i felt it would be the most relatable for me to say like you know like fuck me sick and fuck you know having a sickness you know worsening my mental health but i'm a lot 
better with that like nowadays i used to be terrible like i'd have like a cold and i'd be like dude i have cancer i'm about to die log on to webmd and i'm like dude like i have a terminal illness <laughs> it's decided right. it does go to along with you know that you're you're just kind of laying out all these things that are just making you so anxious and so things that those those demons that keep rotating through your head over and over and over do you have a favorite line in in here that just that there's a few in here that that give me the the have a little bit of that connection the goosebumps kind of thing where it's just like you you um relate to it and it connects and that's the i don't make music for you i make it to shake demons yeah um i never thought about if i had a favorite line that probably end up being it or at the very end when i say um just know it gets better baby i've been there no such thing as fear shed love instead of tears just because it's very confirming that you're going to be okay which really in those in in that time when you're in heavy panic and a very intensely anxious situation that's pretty much all you want to hear but you also want to like believe it so i think that's what this song helps to create is is a believable confirmation that you're that you're okay and I'm, I'm going to throw in my second favorite is the, the, so I write my tears in these songs, they evaporate in your soul. And I hope you all sing along when you're sad and close to the edge. No, it's another being. Yeah. It's a lot to yeah. take in. But I, I think, uh, where is it? I, I meant to, to highlight it and I just, but you're like, you think that this song is going to get better, but it isn't. But then it's like you know maybe another 30 seconds later you're saying you're saying that it's it, it will yeah i mean because like at that point in like the writing process i had no clue that i was gonna take a turn for the more positive and the more optimistic because how i was feeling i was like i was convinced i was gonna die if mm. not at that point soon so that was where that came from and then you know lo and behold like five minutes after that i felt a lot better mentally so i went like another direction and that's how it is like sometimes you feel fantastic it can go two to three minutes you feel terrible and then that feeling terrible will last about a half an hour and then you kind of feel like you have some more control over it it's all very like vulnerable which i think is why it's probably one of my more popular songs because a lot of hip-hop and rap is very like braggadocio and very like 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 sure of yourself and this is like the polar opposite and you don't hear that often now that we've been talking about this a little bit more i'm i'm kind of thinking um the line that i thought of it one way is now kind of turning into a different interpretation which i i love when this happens because it and and maybe it's not what you meant but the uh the ni and i i love you i hate you i want to kill you but i can't replace you um I, i was thinking that maybe um, part of what what was going wrong was that you you were in the middle of like a, a some kind of relationship romantic or friendship or whatever where it's just like um you're fighting against someone that you know i can't i need you but i'm also like i'm starting to interpret this that you you are talking to yourself Absolutely. like yeah yep. that's that's cool i love um, yeah uh, <laughs> you know thank no, you yeah, yeah. thank you for right exactly like um uh, for for writing that and being like so honest in 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 so many ways i mean for reminding us that everything dies that was once great and fuck if i don't have that feeling all of all of the time where it's just like um 
why bother creating this when it's just going to like die off at some point yeah you know and um but then you you it has that darkness and then it just it oh and there's there's that line i did actually highlight it and fuck you for hoping that this song makes a turn for the better because it won't and it might just turn into my suicide letter and Mm um i i that makes me really think about how when we talk about like anxiety i don't think a lot of people think about anxiety as being also something that drives you into a depression i don't think that that's something that people um just, oh you're just you're just overly nervous or yeah. it's just um so I, I like the fact that there's not really it does feel like there's nothing held back in this and i and i and I think that this is something that really I hope people will reflect on because I, I think, and as you've said before, like people have taken something really great out of it and it's helped them. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. that's forever amazing. grateful for that. Absolutely. That, that helps me like feel like there was a reason for me having to like go through all the shit. It, it just kind of gives it more of a, purpose as opposed to just being like man i'm worrying about nothing be like well at least i found the silver lining in it and i was able to create something that can help somebody else that's going through the same shit so you mainly produce and create your own music or are you working with the producer these days i do all the um the uh, the vocal mixing and the mastering the beats i don't do i've tried my hand at it i'm okay at it but there's a lot of people who are really really fantastic at it so i figured like why try to be in like every lane you know i just i enjoy to mix vocals because when i was coming up there wasn't really anybody who had a studio so it was like if i want to rap i have to do it myself so it was like just a lot of man hours behind a computer screen like trial and erroring until i had somewhat of a handle on it and then that just never really quit so if you're you're having some uh producer that they're am i using that term correctly sometimes i get confused and i i feel like such a young person in in hip-hop that i feel like i use the terminology so please correct me harshly if I, <laughs> so is the term producer always used for someone who generates your beats or no yeah um okay in hip hop at least a producer doesn't just make the beats but anybody who creates the beats is a producer um there can okay. be like an executive producer of a project which is kind of like oversees everything and says gotcha. like you know like the yes or the no on stuff um cool. but yeah a producer would be the guy or the or the gal or However, you decided to um, title yourself. Um, they create the beat, and then the engineer or the mixer does like the vocals and the recording and all that, gotcha. all that, stuff, all that stuff. Okay, because yeah. there's been people who would say like produced by, you know, and it's just like the guy that like like recorded the vocals, and he may not know, but in doing that, he's taking credit for producing the the track and not giving credit to the person who actually had it's very important to give credit Uh, to the right yeah um, people and i don't think you need to credit the person who does like the but the audio engineering on the track because you pay them by like job so they're not getting like royalties on this a lot of the time Um, Mm -hmm. so there's no need to really like credit them has there been any moments where you've created your your lyrics and a producer comes along, gives you some beats, and 
you you decide to kind of mesh those two together and somehow it changes the way that the the rap comes out like with this one you you had had the lyrics were written first you said oh, you wrote okay. them kind so, of poetic and okay. then you drop in the beats and then a situation, all of a sudden does that change yeah um well prior to that really and a couple others uh the formula that i like normally follow is i play the beat and then i construct the song or like the lyrics to that particular beat that just happened because it was more of a like poem like spoken word type of thing it wasn't really set to a tempo or like a rhythm yeah the majority of the time i play the beat and then i compose all the lyrics afterwards oh okay okay so yeah so this is kind of a unique piece in every sense because it's it's not like confident at all it's very vulnerable and prior to that i never did anything like that now i do often not as extreme but i try to be more like open and vulnerable and like use my talent with like wordplay to like captivate as opposed to like kind of create my own like island like i'm the biggest of them all like i'm a rapper it's like that's just pretty like corny i get that and your craft sometimes i feel like and may and maybe this is part of the style too but like a lot of hip-hop it's like the 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 rhymes lead rather than the lyrics lead and then just happen to land with rhyme. Does that make sense? Like sometimes yeah. I feel like that they just get led by, and sometimes that's that. Uh, there's a few. There's a few uh, artists that I really, I I kind of enjoy that it that it's obviously leading with the rhyme. Yeah. But but then sometimes I'm just like, what? Oh, that that's really clever. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. I uh, I do that a lot. I don't. I just feel like it's easier to listen to and to ingest. And hip hop's pretty old now, so like a lot of the shit you're going to say has already been said. So you might as well say it as clever as you can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you get into hip hop? How did like? Oh man. I mean, I, I just even in in general, like writing poems. I, it sounds like you wrote poems maybe before you got yep. into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Music I fell in love with as a child. Just before I could speak, I always liked music. This was in the era of cassettes, like right before CDs really became a thing. So I had like a little like play school cassette player and my shoebox full of tapes. My mom always like sources this story of when I was a child and she would mix up all my tapes. She would like take the cassettes out of the cases and spread them around. This is before I could read or write, but I would associate the text on the uh, the tape with the text on the uh, the case and i'd be like okay so these two clearly match because i would get frustrated i was like so i'd spend the time to like put all of them uh, together my mom associated that with like wow he really likes his music and then hip-hop because my oldest brother tim he was a hip-hop fan and i would go into his room and steal some tapes because i couldn't hear them i think the most hip-hop i could get hitting like you know, like, what was it, Camelot Records at that point? I could get, like, an MTV, like, party-to-go compilation, which was always edited. So I'd go into his room, and I'd take his tapes, which were not edited. Like, Wu-Tang was one of the favorite ones. Onyx's album, Back to Fuck Up, which is one of, like, the most explicit albums of all time. So that was a great one to get into. It was a digital underground one. It was, like, a yellow cover. It was animated. I can't remember the name of it. Okay, so if you're wondering... The album that he's referring to is The Body Hat Syndrome by Digital Underground, and it was released in 1993. But, um, so I would 
play with those, but I'd be pretending to hear like some like happy go lucky stuff. So my parents weren't like, "What's he listening to?" I'd be like, "Yeah, everything's great, mom." But in reality, I'm hearing like, "Move back, motherfuckers! The Onyx is here. Back the fuck up!" And I'm like three years old. That curtailed into freestyling, which I got into because my oldest brother, who I just mentioned. He would have his friends over, and they had a karaoke machine, and everybody wants to emulate their older sibling. So I started freestyle. And then it pretty much stopped at that until I started writing poetry around, like, eighth grade. And then I wrote my first rap not far after, um, the summer of eighth grade into freshman year. And then it's all spiraled from there. Is there anything that you'd like to say about the the song? Just in... In general, or, like, if you want to add to it? I don't know. We've covered a lot of it. I think the majority of it comes from, like, the discourse of the song. And then I kind of, like, uncover these little tidbits that, honestly, I haven't even really, like, thought about. I will say that I knew I had something on my hands when I uh, I played it for a few of my friends who um, came over. They'd always, like, hear the project and say if they liked it or not. And then it got to the last song, which is Fuck. And they heard that. And they started, like, crying. And they were like, play it again. And so I played mm. it again. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, didn't expect that. And that's basically been the reaction for anybody who's heard it, either friend or fan or someone who wasn't hyped to me before. Um, and uh, the music video really helped the uh, the reach. It didn't reach that far on just like the song. I think it only has like 700 plays on SoundCloud, but on YouTube, it's in like the four or 5,000. On Facebook, it's at like 23,000. The video release really helped it spread. I feel like I missed my opportunity to be vigilant on my research because I didn't know there was a video about it. But oh, yeah. I'll definitely, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely link that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, we went to Chicago. My stepsister, her baby daddy, who shoots videos, heard the song. And he lived up in Chicago with her at the time. And uh, he was like, man, I want to shoot a video to this. So he reached out. I went up there. We shot for three days. Got a whole bunch of scenes. We edited it. And it was cool. I had to shave my beard for it. I was pretty pissed about that. <laughs> I had to wear some eyeliner. I had never worn eyeliner before. It was very uncomfortable to apply. And I gained a newfound respect. Shit's uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. just like anything with a sharp point being that close to my eye. I was like, <laughs> no. Yes. But so, damn it, did I look good. That's actually kind of remarkable when you have something that people are like i want to expand on this it mm -hmm. it needs a video yeah. i think that's really that's amazing yeah because if it wasn't for him reaching out that would have never happened because i honestly I, I didn't want to put the song out at all i made it for myself and then like my friends heard it and they're like dude like you need to release this there's a lot of people that could you know like benefit from hearing this and i was like no i don't want to like put that mm. out i don't know like at this point the stigma was very much alive not many people spoke about it i mean like the mental health subjects really blossomed since but at that point it really wasn't a topic in music in general at least like that obvious especially in hip-hop you know so i was like i don't know if i want to do that but then i did and i'm very happy that i did Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. 
Jubilee cafes open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. So, Chase... Do you have a favorite Champaign-Urbana venue that you... The Canopy Club, for many reasons, but they are the people who really like gave me a shot with performing, and they've become close kin to me from the owners down to like the bartenders and like the barbacks i kind of consider that like home base blackbird as well it's transformed into that too it sounds like there's not a ton of different venues that you can have no that's pretty much it there's nothing in champagne anymore it's all in uh urbana they closed the cowboy which was helping for a while closed the accord in high dive closed Mike and Molly's, and it was really a terrible way to do it. They took the hip-hop scene, and then they made it the scapegoat for closing all this stuff, but it was really, oh. like, like like some racial tension from the people who, like, owned it, and they wanted to, like, gentrify downtown, and having those there as venues wasn't allowing that to happen, because if you've noticed, since they've reopened everything, it's really, like, you know, like, tailored to, like, the middle age, like, like white male right you know yeah yeah so you know whatever it yeah happens. <laughs> we still got like you know canopy and, and blackbird you know some house venues will pop in and out of the scene to help support but yeah there really needs to be more of a staple venue so it's basically urbana is taking all the slack which once again urbana seems to be killing it in terms of the music scene these days and yeah absolutely it's just unfortunate you said that Canopy Club gave you a shot. When did that happen? 2012. So basically, any hip-hop show that came to Canopy, I would email them and ask if I could open. I'd send them some links. Sometimes they wouldn't answer. Sometimes they say, it is, you know, it's not going to work out. I wouldn't take it. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, you know. Well, So I saw that Machine Gun Kelly was coming to Canopy. So I sent them an email. The same thing. Hey, this is so-and-so. I'm a local rapper from Champaign, Illinois. Here's some links to my music. If you think I'll fit this um, bill and there's room for me to be an opener, that'd be great. And he answered back. And he said, actually, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're looking for openers. I think it'd be great. He said, how's $50? And at that point, I was like, I only have to pay you $50 to perform? Cool. He was like, no, I'm going to pay you. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that was, that was my first real, like, big show. And I was nervous as shit. I brought all my friends on stage who were on the songs with me. And I did all the songs I had with my friends because I wanted to, like, share the experience. And then, yeah, it all kind of snowballed from there. I gained a fan base from that. Started releasing more music. I... 
upgraded my studio equipment so i had a better sound and you were chase baby at that point yep. in 12 2012 yep. yeah yep. cool yeah <laughs> I, that's yeah i'm not gonna pay you 50 bucks i love it it's like i love it's like, that dude, so i only gotta pay you 50 cool i gotta pay like 100 because i got the only show before that i uh, paid to perform and i thought that was just like the going thing and like it's such a terrible thing it's such a terrible concept like promoters who can't like promote a show the right way they take full advantage of these like thirsty kids who want to perform right and it's terrible man if you're one of those promoters man shame on you but thankfully they weren't and I was like, I get paid? Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I thought about framing the check, but I needed that $50, so I cashed that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that for the show, you brought a lot of friends up that helped collaborate on your work. Yep. And that's one thing that I, I think not everybody really appreciates about hip hop is I, I feel like there's a sense of community that you don't get in the other styles of music that yeah. it's like you share a moment, you're telling a story, you're bringing in other people that are part of your life and your experience. And where do you think that came from? Like that sense of like, it has to be a sense of community. It's probably just from like the origin of hip hop and how, you know, how it began. It wasn't the cool thing to do. It was like people taking scraps, you know, some old Honda equipment. They'd like retrofit it to work again. Hip hop was created just like making do with what they had. Yeah. And then um, the community sense was, I mean, it, it began in like the housing projects of like New York on what was it? Sedgwick and Cedar with Cool Herc and all them. It's always been a very close knit community. And there's a lot of like competition. It's like friendly competition. It can get unfriendly at times, but because we're all in the same boat, especially if you're just like a local rapper. Like if you have an ego as a local rapper, like yeah, why? Um, which I used to, but you know, I mean, it, it happens. Well, we all gotta grow, you know. Yeah, right? man. So, you know. That's one thing too that I notice is you said hip hop started on like this very bare bones and very like what you had available and a community like effort there's a really strong tradition of using samples that comes from that kind of tradition of using what you have what's what's available and yeah I yeah mean, like they didn't have saxophones and you know a horn section available but they had a turntable and they had these records that had those sounds that just kind of spawned from there and Sampling was really, like, shunned on for a while, especially by, like, you know, like, uh, musicians. Like, oh, well, you know, you're just, like, cheating us that are actually, like, you know, like, creating the sounds. But it's still creative. And yeah. nowadays, it happens throughout the spectrum of music from, like, pop music. It happens in, like, alternative. It happens everywhere now. And one of the things that I find, I want to say, kind of remarkable about the whole thing is that when you're using these samples, there can sometimes be, like, a resurgence in the interest of the song where the source material yeah, came from. Absolutely. And and like where where's that where's that hook coming from? Right. Like what's And yeah. they get royalties from, like from it. So you're getting like more money off of your song. You should be happy. And it's really kind of unfair to the people who created like, you know, like an art out of it like um Jay Dilla and Q-Tip and countless others. I'll I'll pay you a million dollars if you can find me someone that can just hop in a studio and they can like do what Dilla did just like without any experiences out. I mean, like yeah. some some guy is like, "Well, I play the trombone and the trumpet." You do, okay? All right, bro. Fucking sit down right there and, you know, make a beat for me. Right. They're not going to know what to do. These producers are creative and they're geniuses. That's really the hip hop that I fell in love with. 
was like a tribe called Quest. Um, yeah. De La Soul, Common, especially Tribe Called Quest. I think the first song I heard and fell in love with was Award Tour. Who do you really like in the Champagne Urbana music scene and the hip hop scene that somebody that listens to this episode is like, who do I listen to? Okay. My favorites, especially coming up when I first was trying to create like um, a name for myself, my favorite local rapper was um, Jay Moses who is, if not the creator, one of the creators behind The Great Thinkers, which is yeah. um, Mother Nature and Great Sky and Jeff Koons. But in like a general sense, Truth, a.k.a. Trouble, a.k.a. <laughs> Sandman Slim, not just because I'm like biased. He's a very, 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 very talented person. Gatson, J-Rail, who I don't know if he's rapping much anymore, but he's one of the more talented wordsmiths around town jr guala from the guala boys i like him a lot mo pesci even though every time he sees me he says uh fuck chase baby every time <laughs> i like him a lot he, he's a he's clever witted there's a lot just everybody from the delinquents rogue tendency i'm gonna forget people and i hope they don't like crucify me for it but there was a few names that you mentioned that i hadn't heard of and i i think that's amazing i think most people don't know how huge it seems like every time every week on facebook there's a new rapper that i'm, I'm like i've never mm-hmm. never heard of and i mean there's a like lot of people up. that that rap but don't like support the scene but i really just like tailor to the people that like really like have a passion for music and they don't just like rap you know for like cloud chasing and whatnot which is perfectly like okay if you know that's what you're up to personally i like the people who have like more of a purpose in yeah. like the music industry it's harder to not feel that way when i came up in like the 90s when it wasn't the most popular genre but since it is you're gonna have people that you know they started hearing hip-hop in like the early 2000s or even like the 2010s you know right so i mean I can't fault them for like when they entered in, you know? So what do you think would help bring the hip hop scene out? I, I feel like the, the obvious answer is like one that, you know, let's have more venues that are, you know, tailored to yeah. hip hop or, or more open to hip hop and, and make that, you know, available so that more people can see um, hip hop scene. I mean, either someone's got to get famous <laughs> Or um, it's got to become more of an experience and not just like a lunch line of rappers hopping on and off stage. It needs to be more like culture based, which um, Rob K of the Champagne's Cypher series, he has a very good grasp on that. He does these Cypher Saturdays at Blackbird. Um, yeah. It's like a monthly installment that he does. And he usually has um painter. There's some like some rap battles. There's some like producer battles there's performances from acts and there's like a dj so it's more culture based and creating an experience uh-huh. and um people just got to leave the fucking house man people don't like leaving the house anymore nowadays well it's it, it's been a cold winter yes <laughs> it, it, but of course this was all said before there was a pandemic and of course before there was a shelter in place so Oops. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but like, I mean, everything's tailored to where you don't have to leave the house anymore. I mean, like turnout for shows aren't the greatest anymore as they were, but they can be. They just have to have a reason to. So you have to make it fun. It has to be more than just somebody on stage rapping for, you know, 30 minutes and then that's it, you know. 
Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004, carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. So Chase, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Or, you know, make it a list if you want. Or just list a few um, things. Cooking. Cooking. I love to cook. All right. Well, is there a favorite dish that you like to make? Or um, I'm kind of like changing my focus to more health-related foods now. Mm. Because I just turned 30. But man, I, I just love challenging stuff, like stuff I didn't think I could cook. I get tired of eating the same shit all the time. Italian food, spaghetti's been my favorite food since I was a kid. And I make like eight pounds of it whenever I make it and have way too many leftovers. And then I force myself to eat spaghetti for like four days. <laughs> it's atrocious. So I've quit doing that. I think I saw you you posted something about lasagna. A little bit ago. I, I, of course, I think that was like a month ago, so I, sorry. <laughs> I did create some lasagna like a month ago. That was good. I don't make lasagna often. It takes, takes some extra time. Yeah. But also, like, I've been, like, cheat coding it. Dude, this Instapot, I don't know if you have one. Uh-huh. Man. Yeah. Because, like, I work, like, late hours, and, like, with my um, girlfriend, we kind of work, like, opposite schedules. Not completely opposite, but enough to where when I get home, she's hungry. And I do the cooking. So the Instapot, it gets it to where I can cook something that'll take like two or three hours. I can cook that shit in like a half an hour, dude. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'll throw everything in there. I'll like hop in the shower. I'll get out. I'll get dressed. And it's ready to serve pretty much. It's fantastic. We use that for like getting, like if you have like frozen chicken, you can like cook the frozen chicken somehow. And uh, And like like 10 minutes, dude. Like Yeah. Yeah, and besides cooking, is there, like, anything else that's, like, your favorite non-musical thing? Um, I like to play basketball. I'm not good, but it's the only thing I can do cardio-wise that keeps, like, my mind occupied, and I don't feel like I'm, like, just doing cardio. It's, like, fun. And I was an athlete all growing up, so I just like to do something, like, a little more, like, visually physical as opposed to running on a treadmill i like to run on track because i can like visualize my progress as opposed to having meters you know saying yeah you've run this many miles so far what else i like shoes okay a lot, a lot of shoes terrible habit to get into it's expensive but i really fucking like shoes as well as just clothes in general i like to dress comfortable yet nice hmm. i need to upgrade my wardrobe more towards like my age range but uh I'm I'm getting there. I got some Dockers on deck, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a pair of wingtips, so I'm <laughs> I'm slowly but surely getting there. But I don't think I'll ever put down the Nikes, you know. I live a pretty 
boring lifestyle now. I used to kick it way too fucking hard, did a lot of drugs, and now I just want to sit at home with my dog and my girlfriend in a clean household and watch Netflix. And I mean, eat, and eat like hummus and drink some kombucha. Hey, that's like the American dream, right? Yeah, there. dude, I gotta I love figure it. it out right now, dude. This thirty years. I mean, I'm excited for my thirties. My twenties were fun as fuck. It was a roller coaster, but damn it, am I glad to sit that down? Like it was a lot. Chase, thank you for being on the show yeah, and telling me about your song "Fuck" and like how you got into hip hop and the Canopy Club and. Uh, oh, hold on! I gotta shout Earth. out one more rapper. Um, yeah, yeah. Big Trees. Um, I'm in a group also called um, Chasing Trees. That's actually who we got booked as for the MGK show. Um, So he don't rap as much anymore. He has a wife and a kid. But I'm actually going over to his house after this. Um, But uh, we are working on some new music. And we actually never dropped a project. So we're going to actually drop a project. And it's going to be... I just shot that out. So it's as Chasing Trees. Chasing Trees, which is what... It preceded Trouble Chasing, and everybody like thought we should call ourselves Chasing Trouble, but I feel like it'd be unfair to to, to Trees to just kind of like take his name out and add like Trouble. So uh-huh. I wanted to switch it up, and Trouble Chasing I think has like more of a ring to it. Sorry Thank to interrupt. So- no, no, that's great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, man. I've always wanted to do a podcast. It's had to be the right one. I figured I had a lot of shit to say. And I've been hearing podcasts a lot lately. Yeah. Because I don't read books as often as I should, but I feel like it kind of keeps me up to date on things. More than happy to do it. Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Chase Baby reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. South <laughs> <laughs> on the inside.